My throat's a little sore, but Acts 28 and 30. Let's see what the Bible tells us. This is the finishing of the book of Acts. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him. So this is before he is eventually beheaded uh, for preaching the gospel. Verse 31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. That is the final two verses of Acts, and I want to talk about miracles in the book of Acts. Amen. The miracles in the book of Acts. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we desire to be stirred, to be motivated, oh God, to understand the power that you have given us and the authority that's in your name. Yeah. Lord, oh Lord, let the reading of your precious word tonight, God, stir our hearts, bring faith, let truth, oh Lord, move us. God, I pray your hand upon me. I stand before you as nothing. Your servant, Lord, touch my lips. Let everything that leave them be inspired by the Holy Ghost. And Lord, let us go forward as we should. The original church, the Book of Acts church, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands under the Lord. Hallelujah. Ain't God good? Isn't our God awesome? He is a miracle-working God. And, uh, and I can tell you, personally, I have seen the power of God revealed. And I've talked a little bit about some of the mighty miracles that we have seen from a gangrenous foot, diabetic foot, that was getting ready to be amputated, and in one night it became yes, completely God. normal. Right. Dry toes gone. It was supposed to be cut off. We've seen that. In the church that I am from, the church in Durham, North Carolina, Pastor Johnny Godair, there was a man raised from the dead. Raised from the dead. I believe it was in the 70s. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was so intense, it was reported in the newspaper. And that's what put that church on the map. And uh, explosive revival has, has gone on in Durham for all of those years. Literally thousands of people baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, and, uh, and just incredible. And uh, that, that happened. And uh, you say, have you seen somebody raised from the dead personally? No, but pretty close. Here in this assembly, we had a child, a baby, that, uh, that tragically, um, in the womb, the placenta detached, and so that baby was born brain dead, and uh, didn't even know the know, know the, the family, but a relative knew of us, and we got called and went and prayed in that hospital, and that baby became the talk of the hospital. Amen. Hallelujah, because that baby went from brain dead to actually being active, and was taken out of that hospital a month later. Isn't God good? Yes. Amen. These are miracles, miracles that have happened here, but we're going to get into the miracles of the book of Acts. But, you know, it's amazing today that many churches teach that the days of the miracles were only for the apostles. God gave the apostles special power and miracles for the propagation of the church. That is the furthest from the truth. That is the furthest from the truth, but it's common teaching. And you know what? If I didn't have the power of the Holy Ghost, I'd probably teach that too. <laughs> yeah. Right? If, if, and, uh, that's, if, if, that's why people say baptism doesn't matter. If I change baptism and baptize in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost, I'd tell people it's not important either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we know it's important. It's the truth. Yeah. So, so I read to you the last two verses in the book of Acts on purpose. There are five historical books in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 
and then the book of Acts. Yes. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record the history of Jesus Christ. And each author ended that book with the word amen, which means it's done, it's finished, it's complete. The book of Acts, if you look at what we read tonight, does not have an amen. It does not. It says, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence... No man forbidding him. There is no amen. Luke used amen. Yes, Lord. In fact, the vast majority of the books in the New Testament do end with amen. Romans and Corinthians and all of that. And uh, uh, you'll find the vast majority. But the book of Acts does not end with an amen because it's still being written. So can I tell you that when that man was raised from the dead in Durham, North Carolina, it was still in the book of Acts. It's being recorded in the heavens, folks. Uh, hallelujah. When that Spanish woman had that gangrenous foot healed, uh, that's recorded in the book of Acts. We are still alive uh, in the book of Acts. We are the people of the book of Acts. We're apostolic uh, from the top of our head uh, to the bottom of our feet. Uh, how many are glad you are part of that people? So I've come to tell you tonight uh, that the miraculous is alive and well in the apostolic church. Uh, and let me tell you, it is not just for a, a few select super spiritual handful. It is something that should be happening in the lives of every Christian, every believer. Praise God. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15. The end of the gospel of Mark. This is now Jesus telling them the great commission. He said unto them verse 15 go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature hallelujah we've got to get about our father's business we don't need to be telling a man-made doctrine or our theology or our thoughts or some denominational tradition we need to tell them to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost we need to declare again that Jesus is God himself, manifest in the flesh. <laughs> not time to slow down. It's not time to back up. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in this area that have never had the opportunity to hear that message. This week I was able to bring Acts 2.38 to multiple people, five or ten, uh, in the last few days. I do it all the time in the checkout, in the store. It doesn't matter. You just, they, they blows their mind. They've never seen it. God's good, isn't he? And so it's our responsibility to preach the gospel to every creature. And the reason why miracles are not happening in a lot of churches is because they are not being obedient to God. And you say, what about Benny Hinn? Well, let me tell you about Benny Hinn. We had an individual that was uh, uh, part of that camp and worked in those big crusades. And uh, he got baptized, got the Holy Ghost, and he actually told and confessed and told on good old Benny that the vast majority of miracles that they see are faked and staged. In fact, they don't allow people that can't get out of their wheelchair to the altar. They take down information on people ahead of time and feed it to Benny so he can say, oh, I think there's somebody over here in a pink dress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, God honors obedience to the word of God and honors faith. 
Yeah, there's a, is there a possibility there were some miracles? Absolutely, but it's not what they're showing. God does honor faith. But he said, here, you go and preach the gospel to every creature. Does somebody want to see this place explode with the dead being raised, uh, with miracle upon miracle? If we get about our father's business and preach the gospel to every creature and get bold about this message, I promise you, we'll see more miracles. Hallelujah. We'll see more healings. We'll see incredible things. Not that we haven't seen enough already. We've seen enough already. We had a man here that had cancer in, in his only lung left. Uh, the first one already got taken out. Uh, and I told this the other night, and by the time they got to the preoperative PET scan, it was gone. It had been growing for months. It kept getting bigger. They didn't know what to do. And finally, and this man didn't have much faith, by the way. And, uh, and praise God, praise God, all of a sudden he's coming. And he, you know what? He told me that. He had, you know, he said that with no emotion. <laughs> and, and it was confirmed by the person that was taking care of him. My goodness, I'd get up and jump and shout if God healed me from a miracle. By the way, that's why he's not here today. You got to get excited about this thing. Let me tell you, I'd rather die with cancer in the Holy Ghost than get healed of cancer and die lost. Hallelujah. But anyways, anyways, we've seen it all here. Since we started in this assembly, we have seen multiple miracles. And, uh, and, and just incredible miracles. Brother Chris was with me with one of them, Bubba. Bubba. My wife and I used to joke saying we need to get ourselves a Bubba. That was our affectionate term for the good, solid, salt of the earth redneck people in Durham, North Carolina. We called them Bubbas. <laughs> and uh, we joked about it. We need to get us a Bubba. And, uh, and uh, you know, the text community, we were sending out texts to thousands of people. And I get this call all of a sudden from a man that got a text from me. Now, he never signed up for it. What happened was that he got a new phone. So he got somebody's old number. And uh, so he called me up. Now, I've had people call me up and not be nice, by the way, when they've gotten a text from me out of the blue. And I mean, I can't believe talk, people talk to a preacher that way and text me stuff that's vile. But on this one, it was totally different. He said, who are you and how did you know me? And I just explained what's going on. He says, oh, oh, I'm telling you, this is God. I know it's God. My brother, they've just told us to call in the family. He's dying. He's, his kidneys are failed. Everything's gone. And brother, brother Chris was with me, right? Did you go with me to that room? He saw him. And, uh, and were you there when we prayed the first time and the Holy Ghost fell and the guys come running in the room? Yeah, I just, uh, my memory's going bad, son. Sorry about that. But, but uh, he said he's up in Carrollwood Hospital. And, uh, and, and uh, I know that God must have done this. You know, this is just a miracle. Will you come pray for him? And so I said, yeah, we'll do that. And, uh, and, and, and we went there to that room and prayed and started praying. The man was out. He was in a, a medically induced coma. He was on his way out. They were calling in his family. His body was blown up because his kidneys weren't functioning. And uh, it was just a horrible situation. He was septic. He had sepsis. And most people don't live yeah. out of sepsis. And so we started praying, and the Holy Ghost fell. Amen. The Holy Ghost fell. It was powerful. Brother Chris was there. And we're praying in tongues. We weren't quiet about it. Yeah. Yes, amen. Yeah. That's right. Let me tell you, no little wimpy prayer is going to do it when you yes. in those situations. Bible says, let your petition be made known. Amen. Open up your mouth. Hallelujah. Yeah. They scream it in the football game. They scream it in the baseball game. They do all of that. Bless God. Let the people of God be loud when they pray. Hallelujah. Loud when they worship. And so we began praying and the Holy Ghost fell and we were making some noise and the 
doctor comes running in, what in the world? And we're like, everything's fine. We're just praying. That man's eyes opened up. I laid yes, hands on him and he looked right at yeah. me. And we were praying. Remember that? Yes, Hallelujah. And, the, and his brother, the Bubba that had called me, is just freaking out. He's like, the power of God was so strong that your hair was standing up everywhere. You had hairs on your toenails that would have stood up. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Yeah. Isn't God good? So why was that power there? Are you special, Pastor Fuller? No. It could have been you doing that. We've all got the same name and we've got the same Holy Ghost. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so and so it turns out the next day, they, they, I'm going to go pray again. And, um, and this man, Bubba, his mom is there, who happens to be the mother of the man that was in bed. And that man is turned around. The doctors are saying, we don't understand it, but things are changing. We don't get it all, but he looks like he's going to be all right. And they still kept him in medically induced coma. We had gone in to that room, and that man, uh, Bubba, was there. Bubba uh, and his girlfriend at that point was there. And uh, Bubba's mom was there, sweet Amen. older lady. And uh, 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 Bubba's nephew was there. The man that was sick, his son, was there. And the man that was sick, his girlfriend, was there. And then Bubba's sister was there. And we wanted to pray, and the sister got violently mad. You are not allowed to pray in this room. You are not. And she went off. It was crazy. It was crazy. And she went to go get the doctors to kick us out of the room. And uh, so we just prayed a little bit anyways. And then I said to Bubba and the mama, um, let's go get something, a piece of pie. This is like 11 o'clock at night. You know, real pastors don't, you know, spend five minutes preparing a message and then, you know, bless God, I'll take the money and run. No, no, this is 11 o'clock at night. I'm out there praying for this person. And the, and, the, and the mama and Bubba, we went out to eat. Were you with us that night as well? And we went out to eat at uh, Village Inn, get some pie. Village Inn has good pie, by the way. And I'm not yes, getting paid for this. Amen. Let's go. Yes. And, uh, and I had overheard the sister talking to the girlfriend, asking where the money was held and the gold and all of this stuff. Wanted to know about the money, et cetera, on, on her brother's, where, where's the guy's on his deathbed and she's wanting to know where the gold's hidden and where the money's hidden and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we left and the mama, uh, not the mama, the sister and the girlfriend were sitting in the window, they were looking at us from the fifth floor out the window, it felt like something out of a horror movie. You could feel yeah. it. Yes, Lord. And, and, and I literally, it's called discernment of spirits. I asked Bubba, I said, I said, has your sister been involved in witchcraft? Yeah. And he said, my goodness, yeah, she's been involved in Wicca, and one of their priestesses came and prayed for him yes, just a few days yeah. ago. And I guarantee you, she wasn't praying for That's him right. to be healed. She was praying for him to die so that she yeah. could get the money. Yeah, that's right. That's real, folks. Right. But how many know greater is he that is in yeah. you than he that is in the world? Yeah. And so we went, and, and this is God-ordained, all God-arranged. Yes. I mean, think about it, a text. He got a text that he should never have gotten. Isn't God cool? Yeah. And, uh, and so we go to, to eat, and we start talking about baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and Mama gets it. She said, would you, be, would you be willing to baptize me? And I'm like, of course. Well, when can we do it? Well, let's go to the church now. It's getting on midnight. Yeah. Like, That's what, that, folks, in the Bible, they baptize people two or three in the morning. 
And so we came here. And she's at this altar right there. And you could see her get the Holy Ghost. And you watched her face. Her countenance changed. It was like the sadness. It was very odd. The sadness and all of the, the anguish just drained out of her face. And it went this way down. So you could see her expression change to joy from top down. And she started speaking in other tongues. She had never felt anything like that. Blown away. And, uh, and um, this poor woman was abandoned by her parents at, at four years old and went through the whole system. And that was back in the 50s or whatever. Just, just, she went through so much. And just to watch God give her joy. He has given me the garment of praise. The spirit of joy. She got baptized in Jesus' name. Now they live quite a distance from us, but we do have communication. That's miraculous. The man that was supposed to die is home. He's out of the hospital. He's absolutely fine. And Mama got baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Is God not a good God? So guess what? The book of Acts is still going on. Guess what? That was recorded somewhere in heaven. Guess what? God has some miracles for you to get involved in. God has some gifts of the Spirit to be used in you. God has some sick people that he wants you to lay hands on. And they are going to be healed. Hallelujah! It's time for the church to arise and walk in the authority and the power that has been given to us by the Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah! How many believe it? Is there anybody here? You want God to use you. You want to have a part in the book of Acts. I've heard people say, if only I could have lived back then with Peter and John. Let me tell you, we live in the greater hour. We live in the time of the greatest revival. We're living in the moment when heaven's coming down to earth and it is the greatest harvest. The latter rain shall be greater than the former and the latter harvest shall be greater than the It's a good day to be an apostolic Christian. It's an awful time to be an apostolic Christian. So the book of Acts ain't ending. In the book of Mark chapter 16, we get the great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If you want to be used in the miraculous, you need to first open up and be used in witnessing the truth to people. I've heard people say, oh, I want to pray, and people get healed and get the Holy Ghost. You need to obey the Great Commission. Hallelujah. Tell somebody about the message. Praise God. And then he said, verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's a great verse to talk to somebody that believes in baptism. Don't matter. That, again, is Mark 16 and 16. But he that believeth not shall be damned. It's a powerful scripture, isn't it? Kind of goes away, it goes around all that everybody saved business. And then verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Now note, he said follow. He didn't say lead. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. In the name of Jesus, uh, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And we are, we are not a snake-handling church. This is a totally different context, okay? And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Did it say, and these signs shall follow the preacher only? No. Did it say that these signs should follow the apostles only? Uh-uh. It says these signs that follow them that believe. That's you and me, brother and sister. 
Hallelujah. And again, he said, follow. A lot of people try to pray for miracles out front of the work. God, if you'll give us a miracle, I'll tell somebody about your name. No, no, no. You got to get out there and do it first. That's right. And these signs will follow. Those are backs it up here in the scripture. And so he goes, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. By the way, that's a very important term of speech for the Jew. The right hand of God is not a physical position. That's right. It means the power and the authority of yeah. God. You don't have three folks up there and you got an old man with, with the son sitting on the right hand. First of all, if... If Jesus was literally sitting on the right hand of God, don't you think his hand would be numb by now? Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a comfortable situation, would it? But think about God. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. How do you get on the right hand of everywhere? It's impossible. I'm going to get on the right hand of God. Well, he's still there. You move over. He's... Does this all make sense? And people confuse that scripture as they talk about it, and it's clear throughout Jewish uh, scriptures that right hand means the power. Yeah. Miriam, when, when God split the Red Sea, said, we now we have seen the right hand of God. Yeah. They, it, yeah. they, they didn't see a hand come out of heaven and open up the water. Yeah. They saw the power and the authority of God. So anyways, he's seated on the right hand of God. And verse 20, and they went forth. Remember, he said, these signs shall follow them that yeah. believe. And they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Yeah. Amen. You want to see the miraculous, we got to be getting the word out there. And God will confirm the word with signs following. And then, by the way, he says, amen. 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 It's done. Amen. How many amen. want to be a Book of Acts church? Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't yes. God good? Yes. Praise God. In the book of John, chapter 14, this is now uh, Jesus speaking. John 14 and 7. If ye had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him. Whoa, how's that, Jesus? And have seen him. What are you talking about, Jesus? Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has yes, seen bro. the Father. Amen. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Philip, come on. Hallelujah. Don't get yourself confused. This isn't hard. I'm God the Father in the flesh. Hallelujah. And then he says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but of the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. He is now demarcating, bifurcating spirit and flesh. The Bible says God was manifest in the flesh. And so he said, The words that I speak are me is the Father that dwelleth in me. Can I tell you that Jesus didn't have a second person of the Trinity dwelling in him? Yeah. All the fullness of the Godhead was yes. in him. Amen. And in his humanity, living as a full human, as a full human, he had to follow the will of his Father. Yes. Hallelujah, because he was fully human and he was fully God. Yes. Amen. And then Amen. verse 11 says, he says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. You've seen the miracles that I've done. Nobody yeah. can do that but God. Yeah. That's 
right. You've seen the forgiveness that I've given people. Nobody yeah. can do that but God. Amen. Only God Amen. can forgive. And then he goes on to say, he goes on to say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Not just the preacher, not just the apostle, but those that believe on Jesus. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. The physical person, the Christ, physical body has ascended into heaven, but that physical body now has been reproduced in the church. We are called the body of Christ. And he said, you will do these works even greater, not greater in, in, in magnitude. I mean, how much greater can you get than raising the dead, right? But he's talking about greater in number. Why? Because there's a bunch of little Jesuses running around full of the Holy Ghost. That's exactly right. Hallelujah. You get full of the Holy Ghost, you will live holy. You are full of the Holy Ghost. You will not sin. The Apostle Paul said, if you're filled with the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And Jesus was tempted just like we are, just like we were. And he said he was without sin. You can live above sin. You can do the will of God. And you can demonstrate the power of the Father or the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of Christ, whatever you want to in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said they're going to do greater works. I want I thought, this year is our theme is the, the, the year of God's gifts. And, and God has given us talents and he has given us spiritual gifts and he wants to use everyone in the church to their full capacity. Hallelujah. And God has great things for us. He really does. How exciting. How exciting to know that we've really tapped into the supernatural. There's so many people out there playing with witchcraft and Ouija boards and all that junk because they're trying to tap into the supernatural. Folks, we have got the ultimate of power in us. Yeah. Woo! Oh, Somebody, if doubt's going in your mind right now, you need to say, Satan, get thee behind me. Hallelujah. We have got the anointing, we have got the power, and by the way, we have got the commission, and we have got the call. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to obey God when we step into these places. And so he says, believe me that I am in my Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. What does that mean? That means that through the Sonship, Him coming in the flesh, the Father is revealed and glorified. Amen. That's exactly what that means. That's why the Bible says every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess at the name of Jesus. Jesus to the glory of the Father. Because they're not two, they're one. Amen. Oh, it's beautiful. And then he said, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now those are powerful words. But... Verse 15 is, is most people miss. I love the promises, and that's awesome. But verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. There's some connection to all of this. There really is. And we can hype and make believe and make people fall out and all that business. If Benny Hinn would brush his teeth, yes. glory to God, I think he'd have a whole lot less people falling out. He blows on them and they fall over. Isn't that crazy? I don't know if you've ever seen any of that junk. But there's plenty of that junk going on around the world and people fall for it because they like to be entertained and they pay good money for it. But if we do the will of God, we will have the miraculous continually happening in our midst and it's already been happening and it will continue, but it's going to grow. It's going to grow. Great manifestations of God's power. Now, when we read through the book of Acts, 
think, you know, we're reading this one. How many have been reading your, your Bible, your book of Acts? We do that every January, and you need to. And many people look at the book of Acts, and they think that it's covering just a couple years. It is not. It is yeah. literally covering well over 20-plus years of church yeah. history. Yeah. All right? And, uh, and it's just filled with miracles. And I believe miracles were happening all the time. And what's recorded here are some of the most notable miracles. Like, I've just talked about the guy that was dead, about dead, and that's a notable miracle. But I can assure you there's been all other kinds of stuff done in here. Those are the ones that stick in your mind. And this is what's going on now in the book of Acts. The very first miracle that happened in the book of Acts is in Acts chapter 3. And I do want to briefly turn there because I think it's very, very instructive to us. Acts chapter 3. I've been at it about 30 minutes. I'm probably going to go 10 to 15 minutes more. Can you all handle it? Great, okay. great. Okay, how about an hour? No, just kidding. <laughs> I didn't hear preach on that one. <laughs> just kidding. But if you go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 3 and verse number 1, 3,000 people were baptized in Acts chapter 2. Peter preached the gospel. Remember, Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. And it talks about power, miracles, and signs, everything going on, because they were doing the will of God. You want to start seeing miracles in your life, go show somebody Acts 2.38. There'll be, a, there'll be an anointing will come over you. Hallelujah. It's powerful. It really is. Man, God gets excited when people start declaring his name. Yeah, he really does. So Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. So first of all, I, I think this is important to note that the Bible says that they went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. If we are to be used... In the miraculous, we need to have a viable and vibrant prayer life. It's not just now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, or a few words over dinner, but real prayer. That's why the members of this assembly have a code to get into this building at any hour of the day or night so they can come in and pray and not have to worry about what their neighbors think when they start hearing them speaking in tongues and all that kind of stuff. Right. And prayer is essential. The church was born in a prayer meeting. And you will read through the book of Acts, prayer is interwoven everywhere. So to be a miraculous church, a a book of Acts church, a church that works in the miracles of the book of Acts, we have to be a preaching church. We've got to tell everybody. And we have to be a praying church. And you put those two together and things explode. It's awesome. It's wonderful. An obedient church, by the way. If you love me, obey my commandments yes we look different we talk different we dress different we were separated from the world the book says it paul said said it he said be you separate that's new testament how many want to live god's will yes you know what i'll be honest with you i used to go to the ball games i used to go to hockey games and and i grew up in buffalo and i used to go to the football games and all that was exciting but it doesn't even come close to what happens when you're in the place of power of god's moving and someone's getting a miracle i would take that experience over a thousand a thousand super bowls hallelujah i don't go to those games no more i i preach against sports because our world is turned upside down my goodness people get upset they get upset about the cost of this and the cost of that. And they'll, they'll get on, they'll get on their, 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 the media, they'll get on about the cost of maybe even pharmaceuticals. And I understand they're costly. But they don't ever complain about some guy that all he can do is throw around a zipped up bag of air and he's getting paid $10 million a year or $100 million. Come on now. 
right. Totally out of order. Totally whack. Yeah. And by the way, the Super Bowl is going on in Miami. I wonder if that earthquake was just a little warning. Yeah. Yeah. My wife mentioned that today. Did you know that that is the number one time of child sex trafficking right. in the United States yeah. every year is the Super Bowl? Yeah. yeah. Why would you want to be involved with that? Yeah. Yeah. We got something a whole lot better. Let me tell you, if yeah. you lay hands on somebody and the Holy Ghost moves and they get up and they get healed, I guarantee you, you'll never look back for any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much more fun living for yeah. God. Yeah. It's so yeah. much better living for God. So they went up to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. This is verse number two, to ask alms or to beg for money of them that entered into the temple. Now, this man was lame from his mother's womb. He had no muscle structure. He had no bone density, all of those things that go with being able to move. And uh, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. This yeah. tragedy today is that the vast majority of, sh of charlatans yeah. are trying to use miracles to make a lot of money. Yeah. That's yeah, your that's Benny Hinn, right. that's your Gigi Avila, that's those, those folks on television and, and, they're, they're, and, and all that. They're, they're trying to either display uh, fake miracles, most of them are fake or whatever. Yes, and no. the whole point is that they got more money. Yeah, yeah. Now we got the Apostle Peter walking into the temple and he said, silver and gold have I none. If you want to see true miracles exploding in this place, we have got to have a kingdom-minded yes. central thought Amen. process. Amen. Amen. It's not about money. It's not about getting rich. On yeah. CastBox, I put up that lesson on true Christian giving. You need to listen to it. If you want to see the miraculous, you're going to have to be a giving person. You cannot be connected to your money. So you don't have time to pray. Yeah. You don't have time to do this. Uh, yeah. You're trying to buy it and pay, pay for everything with your credit cards. So you got to work 80 hours, 80 hours a week. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Amen. Peter had millions of dollars laid at his feet in Acts chapter 2. I know it doesn't say that directly, but it clearly infers it. And we find it saying it directly in Acts chapter 4. And he steps up to the temple. He walks up to the temple. He is not in some brand new Cadillac chariot. Yeah. And he says, silver and gold have I none. Yes, I would rather be poor in the things of this world and rich in the power of God than have a great mansion and don't have enough power to blow the fuzz off a peanut. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. And so very, very instructive. These folks were God-centered. And that's why God moved. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. The Bible mentions that because that's what was necessary for that man to be able to stand up. His bones had no density. They couldn't support his weight. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Amen. Folks, these are the type of miracles. We had a missionary out in Africa. I believe it was Africa. Or maybe it was down in Central America. And out in the jungles trying to work with the indigenous tribes and witch doctors and all that business. And Man, they've got some crazy things they do down there. In fact, there was a big discussion in uh, Brazil. What are they going to do with these indigenous tribes where a council has the authority to have a child killed? 
And they're actually discussing this. This is their tradition. Should we let them continue with infanticide? And you say, well, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, go up to Virginia. The governor just put into law that they can have a birth of a child and the mama gets to decide whether it lives or dies. Wow. Now we're not talking about late-term abortion. We're talking about post-birth infanticide. That's Virginia, folks. Good old liberal Democrat. Democrat governor. You say, are you Democrat or Republican? No, I'm common sense. And I'm going to vote for whichever one of them is common sense. But that guy's a far less liberal. And uh, that's a problem. Isn't that sick? But down in, down in, in Brazil, I think it was Brazil or Ecuador, they have this, this council. And if a child has any limitations, even up to, the, to years old, they can command the family to kill that child. And uh, so anyways... Anyways, this missionary was going into that kind of situation, and the witch doctor was dancing fervently, and he was coming up this river that was very low. The rain had not come for a long time, and so he had told the people that they had to sacrifice to the god of the river, which was the crocodile. And so these mamas, he would dance and do his crazy thing, and these mothers, when he stopped dancing, they had to throw their baby into the crocodile. And he, he comes upon this. This literally happened. He comes upon this and he starts screaming, no, don't do that. And now he's going to get himself in trouble because these witch doctors have authority in that place. And he comes up there and he said, don't do that. There's a God in heaven. He starts telling them about God and how God can take care of them. And there is a woman there that has a baby, a young baby, not, not a baby anymore, but probably about four or five years old, that is literally hanging on her neck literally hanging on her neck and on her back and that was the woman's punishment because she didn't fully make it he had no legs so the witch doctor said that's your punishment you have to carry this baby around yes yeah, so the baby's holding on to her neck and that man began to pray and legs began to sprout Amen. out Amen. around the side of that and that child that had no legs literally grew legs right then and there and revival came to that camp. That was not back in AD 35 or AD 40. That was back in 1990. And can I tell you, that kind of stuff goes on all the time. And you say, how come we hear about all these miracles on the mission field? Because they got the mentality of Peter, silver and gold, have I none. The Laodicean spirit has gotten into the church of the United States of America, and we've got to get about our father's business. Hallelujah. Is this all right? And so that first miracle took place, and it was wonderful. And it drew multitudes to God. I do believe that God gives us miracles and healings for multiple reasons, but one of them is to confirm the word of his people. Confirm the word of his people. And so we have Peter healing a lame man in, in uh, Acts chapter 3, but, but the exact opposite goes on in Acts chapter 5. You've got Ananias and Sapphira being struck dead. Hallelujah. They were. God struck them dead at the voice of Peter. And the apostles performed many, many wonders and miracles recorded in Acts chapter 5. Uh, hallelujah. And in, in Samaria, as Philip came into Samaria, you read it in Acts 8. Uh, Philip was not an apostle. Philip was an evangelist. But Philip started out serving tables in Acts chapter 6. Check it out. Hallelujah. People want to get in the pulpit and preach, but they're not willing to do the basic things like serve tables. Philip was chosen to take care of food distribution long before he started 
preaching. Don't tell me you want to get in the pulpit and you're not willing to clean the bathroom. Don't tell me you want to get in the pulpit and you're not willing to do some of the basic stuff. Hallelujah. So Philip steps out and goes to Samaria and miracles are happening and demons are cast out. Hallelujah. And that wasn't an apostle. That was a believer. I, God, I've come here to tell you there are people in this house that God will use you like a Philip. God will use you like other saints during history. Just get your attitude right. Get growing up in the spirit and see what God does. Hallelujah. So Philip goes in in Acts 8, and then the Holy Ghost has come with Peter and John, and we see Peter heals a man of palsy, and, and uh, Peter raises a woman from the dead. Her name was Dorcas, and this is in Joppa in Acts chapter 9. Peter is delivered out of a prison by an angel. The miracles are just powerful and different kinds. Musicians could come. Peter was delivered out of a prison by an angel. Because the church got to praying. That's what happened. That's what happened. They had already killed James, the brother of John, and they were getting ready. Herod was getting ready to kill Peter, and the church went to nonstop praying in the house of Mary. Hallelujah. And Peter didn't even believe it when he got out. He had to come to himself, the Bible says. He thought he was dreaming. And then all the people praying didn't believe it. When the little girl said, hey, it's Peter at the door. I said, oh, it must be his ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you, God has miracles for this church. Yeah. Glory to God. Herod himself got smitten by God and eaten up with worms. God will take care of the wicked. Yes, he will. Amen. I mean, I can't believe Hillary's still living, but anyways. <laughs> I should have said that, but I did. <laughs> that one slipped. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you actually knew what that woman did, my goodness. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe she's still living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Jezebel. Yeah. Along with Bill. Bill himself had been on Jeffrey Epstein's jet, the Lolita Express, 26 times. Anyways, that's disgusting. Yeah. Anyways. But. Donald Trump was on it once, so who knows? Yeah. Politics, folks. Poly means many, and ticks are blood-sucking infectious disease agents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so Paul heals a cripple after he gets converted. Paul raises up a young man from the dead. Paul casts out a spirit of divination of a young girl in the midst of revival going on in Philippi, gets thrown in jail, and God sends an earthquake to get him loosed. And he baptizes the jailer and his family probably about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Isn't that awesome? Amen. And it's all following them. It's all following them. The miracles happened in Philippi because Paul went to Philippi and preached. And by the way, God gave him a vision to go to Philippi. He wanted to go to Asia. But the spirit said he couldn't go. He wanted to go to Bithynia, and the spirit said he couldn't go. And so in the night, he gets a vision from a man saying, come on over into Macedonia. What was he doing in the middle of the night? He was praying. I didn't say, he didn't say a dream. He said a vision. There's a difference. Ooh, how many want to be that miracle-filled church? Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We find that, that the miracles were so strong that they brought people, sick folk, impotent folks, out that just the shadow of Peter would cross over them. Every one of them was healed. That's recorded in the book, folks. That is recorded in the book. 
Glory to God. Paul raised up a young man named, as I mentioned, Eutychus. By the way, how did Eutychus die? Because Paul was preaching too long and he fell asleep in the window and fell down three stories. <laughs> so if I preach over 40 minutes, just thank God I'm not Paul, okay? Hallelujah, because he'll go on for hours. Praise God. Paul healed a man of the bloody flux, Publius, and turned over that whole island, the place where he was. By the way, in the middle of a hurricane and a ship being cast to and fro and they should have been destroyed. Paul was visited by an angel in the middle of the night and, and uh, told him everything's going to be all right. Yeah, I believe he was praying. He was visited by an angel in the middle of the night. That's right. I believe he was praying. Let me tell you, prayer is essential. Yeah. We're not going to have real miracles unless we are a interceding, Holy Ghost-filled praying people. Amen. I'm not talking about mumbling and repeating a couple words. I'm talking about praying and growing in the spirit. In the spirit. I, I want to close with um, one particular miracle. It, it happened uh, at the end of the book of Acts. As I, I read you the last couple verses, Acts 28, this is actually dealing with uh, the last miracles recorded in the, in the book of Acts. It's in Acts 28, verse number 1 and through 5. Acts 28, 1 through 5, a powerful miracle. So they were in this ship. God spoke to, to, to Paul. Everything was going to be saved. They came upon an island called Melita. The ship was broken up, but everybody was saved in the ship. And uh, the Bible says that they, they either swam to shore, they got hold of things, and, and, and now they're on the island of Melita. Verse number 2, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. Let me translate that into English. The, the native people, barbarous means they were not, they were really not, uh, 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 what would you call it? Uh, they were barbarian. I don't like that word, but they, they really, they, they, they were not sophisticated, whatever. They were, uh, the, the word's missing in my mind. I'm sorry. That happens when you get over 50. But anyways, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. That means that they were completely friendly. They helped them. When he says, shows us no little kindness, that means that they showed us a ton of kindness. Yeah. And so they took care of them. They were cold. And they kindled the fire because, because they were freezing. They'd just come out of the ocean and received us, everyone. God, that was a miracle in of itself. Yeah. God, take care of your needs, friend. They received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Yes, Lord. Let me tell you, when you start having revival, I promise you the viper, that Satan, is going to show up and try to fasten himself on you. Yeah. That viper, that serpent, represents the devil. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he shook it off in the fire. He shook it off in the fire. Praise God. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast, this is a very poisonous snake, hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. They didn't believe in God. They, lived, they believed kind of in the stars and the celestial fate and all that business. Yeah. They said he must be a murderer and now fate's getting him back. But the Bible says, verse 5, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I want to end with that miracle because it is so deep in its symbols and what it means. Yeah. Can I tell you that when it says that he felt no harm, it meant that he didn't get sick. Yeah. But I guarantee you he felt pain when it latched on and bit his hand. Yeah. 
anybody ever been bit by a snake? Has anybody been bit by a dog? Let me tell you, when you get bitten by a snake, it doesn't tickle. One that got fangs. The Bible never says that it didn't bite him. It fastened onto his hand. That means the teeth sunk into the flesh. Revival hurts, folks. Seeing the power of God happen and seeing the miraculous. There's going to be some pain involved. It's just not all hunky-dory. But it ain't going to kill you. It's going to glorify God. There are times that miracles transpire in our lives. And until that miracle, it is quite painful. Hallelujah. But God is getting glory out of that. Are you willing to be that vessel that says, God, if you got to get me beaten and locked up in a jail in Philippi so a jailer can hear the gospel, I'm willing to do it. That's the whole reason Paul and Silas got thrown in the jail was so that jailer and his family could hear the gospel. Yeah, Think yeah. about that. They were beaten with 40 stripes. They were cast into the depths of the jail. Hallelujah. We thank God for the miracle, but they went through it all knowing that God was doing something for all things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So this last miracle, I'm, I'm going to assure you, Paul felt it when that thing bit him. And you will feel it when the enemy attacks you, especially when you're doing the will of God. You're going to feel it, folks. You will feel it, but you will not be killed, and God will give the glory. Let's worship as they sing. Hallelujah. If you are at this particular point, feeling like you've got a beast hanging on your hand, you need to come down here and worship and shake it off in the fire. Hallelujah. Oh, let's worship and uh, let's magnify the name of the Lord. Thank you for your attention. We serve a big God. We serve a big God.